Is it recording? I see the numbers. What is our cold open? The we're the originals and B O H O G. Yes. Um. Anyways, we have the OG crew minus Bushra, but Margo here with the horse voice because I have a sore throat and I don't know some virus that's not COVID. And Hardy might get it because she's here with me. <laughs> she said it. She gave consent for me to take my mask off. <laughs> Um and lean. So this should be a good episode because we're also doing it original style. I didn't make an outline. <laughs> so it's gonna be great. Oh god. <laughs> it's gonna be so popping. Clearly, it's already popping. Yes. So welcome to Bundle of Hers. The topic today and the reason why I didn't do an outline is just revisiting burnout. And this is a topic we've done before, but we're now three years into residency and um I think a lot of us throughout this year, maybe even recently, have expressed to each other feeling elements of dehumanization, jadedness, not connected to our identities or really having to like restruggle and reconnect with the reasons why we went into medicine and rooting this back into the system that we're working in and fighting that, I guess. And and that can like really burn you out. And so we wanted to talk about sort of what we were calling radical honesty in medicine. And it made me think back to when I was a pre-med student and I had several doctors, like older, and I'll be honest, like older white men who were like, when I would say, I'm going to be a doctor, I want to be a doctor. And they'd just be like, don't do it, like run away. And I'd roll my eyes and be like, they're just grumpy old men. (laughs) Like, why do they know? But now I find myself like feeling that way, like wanting to tell people like, this sucks. And like, do you really want to do it? Like these people who are, you know, pre-meds that are very excited about the prospect of medicine. And so I think we should have an honest and critical conversation about that because there's more to just being like, don't do it. I think we need to talk about why and really present the truths about why we feel that way. And so people can think about it and come into medicine intentionally knowing that this is a system. I think the other part is intentionally knowing that you might have to fight against the system or be part of restructuring and rebuilding a system that is actively burning out so many people in it right now. I don't even know where to begin. That is such a loaded topic. Like for me, I feel like, so I'm mentoring like pre-med students, medical students, people going to residency and, you know, and they're asking me to read their personal statements, right? And they're like, can you send me your personal statement? And I'm like reading it. And I almost, and I'm like, I don't want to send this to anybody because this was a person who was very passionate and ignorant. Like this was a person who was very naive about the entire field. And yet I feel like people read my statement, utilized that naivety and utilized that passion and was like, let's get her to become a cog in the machine. And so now I am here like almost towards the end of residency. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, this machine is a lot bigger than any of us. Who was I to ever think that any of it would change? And who was I to ever think like anybody wanted it to change? But I'm sitting here and I'm thinking none of this is exactly how I thought it would be. And especially post-COVID. And I know I don't have much evidence to speak of prior to COVID. But I know post-COVID, I'm thinking, was this really the way it always was? Were patients always angry? Were waiting room times really that bad? Was primary care really that inaccessible? Was our whole field as a whole, like we're called liars and we're called, you know, people who don't know what they're talking about. And we're just trying to please big pharma and big med. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm naming it that way. And I'm just sitting here like one person who the entire time was super like not, not at all expecting this. And now I'm kind of like the person being blamed for it. Right. And I'm just thinking, wow, like, what the heck did I get myself into? There's always an aspect of like respect per se. Like you're always wondering, like people are going to respect the fact that I 
got through all these classes and all these things, you know, from PCAM to OCAM to all these things, I really like sacrificed my 20s, I sacrificed my friendships and my relationships, just so that I can learn this knowledge to be able to like implement it on people who need it in the moment. And I'm not seeing that either. It's now, you know, like, if it's not from the patients, it's from the work environment as well, right? Like I'm the one also like undressing patients and getting them on monitors and getting IVs and pushing them to scans and writing notes all day long. And it's almost just kind of like you're like, wow, pause. Is this really what I imagined it to be like? And if you speak against saying like, well, that's not what I wanted, then it's two things. One, are you just privileged to think that this is the way this is supposed to be? Or two, like, oh, but these are your patients. Why are you not wanting to help out to that degree? And it's like just how much of yourself can you give to every aspect of care? There's only so much you can do. We can barely like just keep our brains on constantly 24-7 doing problems in our head while doing the other stuff as well. I think those are some really good thoughts, Lean. And while you were talking, I've been thinking a lot about burnout in general, but also burnout with my own identities, right, as a woman of color. I think the way I feel burnout is very different than, say, someone with not my identity would feel burnout. And what I'm trying to say by that is I think a lot of the burnout that I feel is this constant push of showcasing my unique identity in a system that is very much not a part of that unique identity. And it's a part of that standardization, make everybody else like everybody else. And that's why everybody else is burning out. I think a lot of the stress, a lot of the sadness, a lot of the grief, a lot of the shame and a lot of the guilt that I experienced in medical school and still do is because my values do not align fundamentally with this system. So it's literally my internal world is constantly at odds with my external world. And because of that, Every day I'm feeling like, you know, this is hard. Every day is hard because I constantly have to choose and be intentional to be myself, which is something that's not applauded or recognized or, you know, uplifted in the ways that it should be. And I think that's what really contributes to my burnout. So my attempt is to go against that and be myself, but then it's also not working because it still contributes to burnout, right? Because you're going against a system. But that is all to say that I think that I still have the same passion, or at least I want to believe I still have the same passion. It just looks different. And I've understood that I have to find different ways to kind of persist with that passion. Um, the other thing that I was thinking a lot about, Lean, while you were talking is it's like driving a car, right? Like you're turning right, you're turning left. The When the red light is red, you stop. When the green light is green, you go. It's like this kind of reflexive kind of movement through the day. And I think when you don't have a sense of purpose or intentionality to your choices that you make in every single interaction, they don't feel fulfilling, And I think that's our struggle right now because we don't have the time for fulfillment. We are labor workers. We do what's told of us. We make things happen and we got to get work done because in the end, we do work in a very capitalistic society and what's rewarded is money. So in one way or another, we're pushed for production. You know, when I was young, I was ignorant and innocent, but life is better sometimes in that way. But then I think, is it truly better? No, I'm happy I know more. But yeah, it does make me a little bit more sadder. But I am happy that I have the knowledge to at least understand 
why I'm in the position I'm in. I think what you said, Lean, about your personal statement and going back to look at it as something that and like reflecting on it as like a completely different person or perspective and kind of this innocence that you were talking about, Harjeet, in our applications to med school and our applications to residency. But the opposite side and the thing that's interesting for me to think about is the people who are reading those essays who have already been in the system for quite some time, who are picking and choosing people to be accepted to programs based on these essays. And, and I just wonder what it's like to sit there with this, this feelings that we are expressing now and look at these essays and think like, they just don't know better, but we'll take them. Or do they connect with them on a different way that maybe the three of us haven't experienced? So it's interesting because then you bring them into the system that isn't changing and produce people who change throughout, like get burned out. And and I think back to these doctors who told me to run away from medicine and not do it. And I think very much they had become burned out. They had become dehumanized, detached from their identities. Like you talked about, Harjeet, they were not allowed to do what fills their cup. And that was not the culture. It still is not the culture of medicine. But I think the culture of our generation and the generations below us are really pushing and understanding that filling our cup, doing what fills us and following our true values and our identities is more important. But we're kind of stuck in this middle space of having to work in the system to be able to survive, right? Financially get food, shelter and those things, but also feeling at great conflict with our values and our identities in these systems that were not built for us. So I think it's sad that these people who were telling us to run from medicine had endured, but I wish I could have seen it with a little bit more of a critical eye of like, oh, this is what the system does is burn you out. And they don't care. They, like you said, Lean, they're accepting you to be a cog in the machine and they're maybe just a little bit picky or choosy about like, is the cog green or is the cog have like this background? It doesn't matter. You're still going to fit in the bigger wheel of capitalism, right? And turn out money for the hospital. We have a cog for every type of pocket, essentially. Right. So it's, it's really interesting to me. And I hope that there are admission committees and maybe that's something we could think about in the future is uh, interviewing people who um, are on these committees and seeing like what their experiences have been. You know, I think about that a lot. I'm like, wow, like, you know, when I've done interviews and I've read these applicants like personal statements and things like that, and I'm just thinking, wow, like they have so much passion. And I think for me, I realize, wow, they have passion. I had that passion once. I don't want to take that away from them. And I feel like we still need that passion in order to continue moving forward within the field, regardless of whether it gets stomped out of them or not. An interesting aspect of it is when it comes back to what Harjeet was saying, the burnout of identity, trying to keep up your identity. And I just remember how many times do we have to encounter the fact that you come in different and now we have to teach you to be the same. It's like, you know, you're not confident. You have to be like this. You have to say it like this. You have to practice medicine like this. And you have to act like this and say this and exactly say these words this exact way. And it's like, you know, you can try to shape me as much as you want to be the very, quote unquote, you know, stereotypical female doctor that ultimately, in my mind, is only just an extension of, you know, we've talked about white feminism and we've talked about the extension of looking like the white man in medicine. And you can keep trying to fit me in that mold and that mold will never fit. And I think one thing that really got to me this year, and it was such like, it was such a guilt trip for me to finally put this boundary up. We worked through short staffing. It was like the national wide nursing short staffing. And I found myself doing things for patients I never thought I would do as a physician. And I'm not saying that it's below me, but I'm saying that it's not the job I wanted to do for myself, right? 
And I get that it was during short staff. That's what we had to do in order to continue to function and make sure that we don't miss any patients that direly need our help. But it's different when I do it versus someone who maybe looks stereotypically like a physician. I do all this and then I say, hey, I'm Dr. Samha. I'm your doctor tonight. And then literally five minutes later, I have a patient screaming. The doctor never saw them. And I'm like, I literally was just in the room with you, <laughs> you know? So I put that boundary up. I went, I went to some of my leadership and I was like, I can't do it anymore. I cannot. And it was a hard boundary because I think when I tell people that, they're like, wow, this person really doesn't care about moving the room. This person doesn't care about patients. And I think for me, I had to put that boundary of, and why is that so wrong? It's not wrong, but the, the whole process of them making you feel wrong, making you feel like you're saying you're not a team player, saying you're not a real doctor for not wanting to do these things and setting up that boundary is just them pulling you back into the system of oppression of the capitalism and the broken system that we're, well, it's broken for us is working in, in monetary reasons, right? So <clears throat> what's interesting to me is that they expect you during the national shortage to take on the work of other employees in addition to already your full-time job without additional compensation or acknowledgement. And that is the fundamental root of burnout that everyone's experiencing is asking people to do extra work without extra compensation or acknowledgement and then not even acknowledging it and calling you not a team player when you set a realistic boundary of like, you know what, I physically, mentally and emotionally, I cannot do this. No one is talking about this and no one is acknowledging it. And and I even like take it a step back and look in residency. There are a lot of things that we are expected to do above and beyond our daily duties. Things like extra presentations, extra teaching op quote unquote opportunities. And then it seemed like, oh, it's for your CV. It's for like, it, they make it seem like it's for you. But the reality is the pressure to do all of this. And then you get home and you have like one hour to yourself. It, like we cannot keep living like this. You know, in some instances, you can learn and grow and maybe you can if you have a shit ton of capacity. But a lot of it is like, yeah, it's difficult. I don't think the average person can do that. I shouldn't even say average person. There's just different types of people who can do different types of things, but it's difficult for anybody and everybody. And yes, it's the process you go through, but then you are wanting to admit unique people, but make them all the same by the end of it. Exactly. It it kills your spirit. That's the issue. It's the killing of your identity and your spirit that actually is what burnout is. Burnout is that we are slowly extinguishing ourselves, right? And that fight to not burn out makes its own burnout because that's what I experienced because I ain't going to change myself. I'm never going to change myself. I've always been this way since I was little. And I will say that like, yeah, I talk about how I burn out, but I ain't changing. And that's why I burn out because I ain't changing. You know what I'm talking about? No, it, it's I don't think it's a battle that should be fought. I think it's a system that needs to be burned down and restructured because like it's not worth fighting for. It's um no, no, but it's a time right now where things are fragile and it's an opportunity to change things. My advice to people coming in or thinking about medicine would be think about that. Do you want to be part of a big transformation in a healthcare system that historically has not been accepting or like comfortable for various different identities and like has been a cog in the wheel? Or, sorry, a cog in the wheel. 
husband. <laughs> he goes, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> it's okay. We're, you know, our brains are burnt out too. Has <laughs> been a machine that's churning out medicine for money. Like, anyways, I'm just on a rant now. Go ahead, leave. But honestly, you know, one thing I was thinking is that the medical field relies so much on titles, relies so much on what have you done to the point that you've checked mark the box of prestige or at least the check mark the box of yes, this is credible. And I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking, wow, like, okay, now I'm in the last two years of my residency. And I had a full blown panic. And I was thinking, this is it. This is what I've worked for. This is what I like, this isn't it. This environment is not what I've worked so hard for. This is not at all what I thought I wanted to be as a doctor. I was having such a difficult time accepting that that this is going to be it. Yeah, no, it brings up a great point, Lee, because so first of all, this idea of like prestige and hierarchy that doctors should be like held in like some pedestal or like viewed with some idea of like prestige is an old school idea that should not exist, right? And that can be a different topic for another day. But I think what's happened and especially throughout the pandemic is people's perception of medicine and doctors have changed. And there's been a huge shift in having mistrust towards the medical system and towards doctors. There's also been like sort of a shift in the way we interact with each other just as human beings and our kindness and our respect for one another. Totally gone. Yeah, I think unfortunately you guys as emergency medicine doctors are seeing the brunt of that. I think it's reflected in that this past year. The emergency medicine specialty across the nation had 500 open seats during match. That just means that people were not choosing emergency medicine as their specialty. And I'm curious what that means to you, Lean. But for me, like reflecting on it, I think it means people are choosing not to want to have to be in the system that they see ahead of time as being burnt out. And maybe this is like the first light of beacon of like, hey, look, you're people who are the front line of, of a lot of medicine. People are realizing that that's a huge point of burnout and not choosing that. We need to start there and we need to change things. I mean, I still remember when my medicine resident in med school, when I told him I wanted to do emergency medicine, said, oh, really? Well, OK, I have a patient for you to go see. And he sent me down there not knowing anything about the patient. And I end up in a room with a very agitated, aggressive patient. He starts throwing trays and everything. And I did not know how to deal with it. I've, obviously, I didn't have the skills, right? I didn't even have like the knowledge of what was going on with this patient. And I remember just coming back and be like, wow, like that was scary. I had to be like bailed out by the EM resident or attending that was in the ER at that time. And he was like, see, do you still want to do that? And I'm thinking, wow, like, I wonder how much of this is also perpetrated from the other fields as well. How much down talk do we do to each other about each other's fields? Like none of us know or experience what it is to be in each other's fields. And yet we talk down to each other. I mean, there's memes and TikTok videos all about it. Cardiology versus nephrology, EM versus the hospital, peds versus like parents, right? And we just laugh about it like, haha, that's so funny. But how much of that is truly like toxic to each other, right? And that kind of just you know, the best way to conquer a system is to break it down. And we've broken each other down into these groups. Yeah, but also lean, this brings up a whole nother kind of side story, which classic OGs as we are will do, um, is that it's really a piece of security and insecurity, right? Confidence and not confidence, competence and not competence. There's two things that you said there that are really critical. I think the need to want to pull down other fields is not being having a surety in your own self and your own abilities, right, is number one. The other thing is a constant of burnout. You can't have burnout without having fear. And we exist where 
taught to always have fear. I'm going to fail a test. I'm going to get kicked out of med school. If I get kicked out of med school, how am I going to pay for my loans? If I don't do XYZ research, I'm not going to match into residency. Oh, shit. I only have six interviews. Will I match into residency? Let's look at the statistics. I should have 13 interviews. When you get to match, oh, thank God I got a spot. Forget even if it's a good spot, but I got a spot. Now I can't lose that spot. It was so funny because I was talking to a fourth year med student who was very like paranoid and was like, oh, I need to do these things on time because I can't believe it. I don't trust the system. They're not going to give me my spot. And in my head, I was like, why is this person so stressed out? They literally can't run without you. No one will ever fail you. But if you don't show up to one day of transitions of medicine, they're going to reprimand you and say, oh, we could fail you and you could lose your residency spot. But will they really do that? No, because they're just instilling fear. So it's this constant instilling installation of fear that breeds insecurity and insecure doctors what they will do then is because none of us have good none of us have good processes we don't have good defense mechanisms we'll project that shit onto other people we'll project it onto our subordinates we'll also not feel secure in ourselves so we'll start saying oh this specialty is wrong and this specialty is wrong and this specialty is wrong so when anybody shits on psychiatry i'm like that says something about you and not me but what makes me sad is i also don't want you to be in a position where you're not secure and happy and fearful as well that is another contribution to burnout. Absolutely. And, you know, and the fear continues and it continues even, you know, as a resident. And I'm just thinking like, oh, my God, you guys, like, when did we forget the human body was one system? The brain doesn't work without the heart, doesn't work without the kidneys, doesn't work without emotions, doesn't work without emergencies that cause within it, right? Is basically the system working as it was designed to, that the system is able to make money, And we, as the people, the laborers in it, instead of looking at the system as the problem, we look at each other as the problem. We look at ourselves as the problem because that's the way it was designed for us to fight ourselves and fight each other, not the system. That's a great quote, Chloe. That should be our our thing. Sorry, side note. (laughs) The quote for the episode. Go on. Oh, I have so much to say, but I don't know how that it could take me. It could take me eons. I don't even know where to start. One thing bounces from the other to the next to the next. It just shows you how multidimensional this whole issue is. Yeah. You can say, oh, well, go be well, go do things you like, go take a walk in the fucking park. And <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, you know, well, okay. But I also am now reminiscing about how much time I've lost. And I'm telling you, it's so multidimensional and that's the way they want it to be because there's no way you can target so many freaking dimensions of burnout. But also, Lean, I think that goes into a whole different array of stuff. Um, I still think that our primes are ahead of us, hopefully. We need to also change the way we think about things. But if we wouldn't have these thoughts, if we had time that was designated in the system, which is not designated. And I think that really kind of relates to this episode is kind of like, figuratively, the way that it we went from one topic to the next really tells you how scattered our minds can be sometimes because of the way that we've been treated. Yeah. Lean, when you mentioned the wellness, that like essentially wellness 
is a requirement, but it's like extracurricular in addition to all that shit. So it's like, okay, we're still going to keep burning you out with the same system, but now we have this wellness. And I love what you said of like, I'm going to go walk in the Epping Park and then think about how shitty my life is. <laughs> and I think that is the key of like where we're starting to realize that things are not good. And so hopefully that is the tipping point of what it will start and inspire change. Like already people are quitting the job and if there's no people to do it, then the systems are not going to make money and they're going to have to change. So effectively it is working. Unfortunately, we as residents are like stuck in our positions. And so we get the brunt of this burnout. But all of this to say to our listeners who may be pre-meds or pre-residents, which are also called med students. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're (laughs) pre-residents. Sorry, the system's like inaugurating oh you God. early, okay? <laughs> pre-residents. Um, yeah, pre-attending. Residents who are just pre-attendings, who are just pre-retirees and right. then just pre-dead. So maybe we're all just pre-dead. <laughs> we are just pre-dead. <laughs> um, all of this to say is, yes, run. Because this is not anything that value, like allows people to but be... wait, the- radical honesty... We do have to recognize that sometimes this is the only option that people can to get an out from their life and their situation. I knew that was my circumstance growing up. So I would still choose medicine. FYI. But wait, Margo says I kind of just stole the mic from her. So I think she was going to say all of this anyways. <laughs> you can finish. You can finish. <laughs> I love how she, I say run and she just rips the mic out of me. It's like, don't run if you really need this. <laughs> Anyways, what I was going to say is yes, run because this is a burning system and no, don't run because if medicine is what you want to do, like there are like really good things that come from being a doctor and like you can see that as evidenced in a lot of our other topics and podcast episodes. We wouldn't be here laughing after having such honest conversation, it helps because look at us. We just processed a lot of this trauma that we've experienced and now we feel a little bit lighter. I think. I like to think. But I think it's important that we are honest about what is happening and that we feel this way, that the system does this and it is designed to be a moneymaker. That like whatever you say in your personal statement that you think makes you unique, that are your values, that are your identities, that is amazing remember those keep those with you because the system does not care they see you as a cop it's going to be challenged you are going to have to bring those with you and fight every day thank you for listening to our rants talk (laughs) there should be ted talks but for ranting i know um so that concludes this episode of bundle of hers with lean harjeet and margo please download our podcast wherever you podcast and um, follow us on Instagram at Bundle of Hers. Also, we have pins. And if you would like a pin, please send us a message about your burnout story at Bundle of Hers on Instagram. We'll reward you for your burnout. <laughs> I know. We will at least get pins. Okay. <laughs> we need to end. Okay, we're done, Chloe. You can stop it. 